I'm Gina Thomas-Kelly from SB Nation. And I'm Amir Tyree from DraftKings Nation. And we're the hosts of Football Cheat Sheet, a brand new podcast that comes out every Friday and provides you with all the tools you need to win money and dominate your friends in fantasy this NFL season. We're going to get started by talking about some season-long fantasy major injury report news. At the time we're recording this, we've only got Wednesday's injury report to work with. So at this point, you know, these are players that you're going to want to keep an eye on before you set your lineups for this weekend. The one that stands out to me the most is Mike Evans. I think Tampa Bay is going to need all the help that they can get, especially on the road against New Orleans. And so he's looking like he might be a game time decision with a hamstring injury. So I would be really cautious if you've got Mike Evans on your roster and I might consider looking for a backup option. Yeah, definitely. Especially with uh, how explosive a lot of people think um, this Buccaneers offense can be with Godwin and Gronkowski. And then now, obviously, they've added um, Leonard Fournette in the last week. It just seems like they're just getting everybody at this point. Uh, Godwin, obviously, he's a guy who had a career year. If you have a shift, at least from a daily fantasy perspective, uh, you might want to go that route or even uh, some of the other guys. I'd be a little bit lower on Fournette just because obviously he's barely been with the team. Uh, Bruce Arians has already said Ronald Jones is our guy, so I wouldn't expect like any crazy workload from him early on. But yeah, def- definitely Evans is gonna be could be like something huge because he's like borderline. No, no one knows really if he's wide receiver one, wide receiver two this year. Um, right. So definitely good for Godwin to get off to a strong start. There are a couple of other guys around the league that I'm keeping an eye on for this week. Um, David Montgomery, uh, Chicago's starting running back. You know, that could, if he's out, it could create an opportunity for Tariq Cohen, who's a player that I love anyway. And then in Detroit, both Danny Amendola and Kenny Galladay are dealing with hamstring injuries, which, you know, might impact your decision if you've got um, Matt Stafford on your roster Uh, And then the other one is the Philly wide receivers, Alshon Jeffrey and Jalen Rager, both dealing with injuries. Um, Alshon did not practice on Wednesday with a foot injury and um, Rager was limited with a shoulder injury. So those are a couple of guys that I'm going to keep an eye on. Again, it might impact you. If you've got those guys on your roster, definitely keep an eye on those. But also if you've got Carson Wentz, it's probably something that you're going to want to take into consideration. But yeah, Montgomery was a guy definitely who surprised me, especially given how uh, valuable Tariq Cohen could be as just a utility guy who could just a little do it all. And then he took, and then Montgomery took over uh, just as the main guy. And then with just their their weird quarterback situation that's going on there, it, may, it would really make me want to just think about definitely running backs could be very valuable. And it makes me a little lower on uh, guys like Allen Robinson, which we'll uh, touch on a little bit later. But just because, um, you know, Nagy said he didn't want to name a starter and it was just going to be up in the air between Trubisky and Foles, who has that massive contract. Mm-hmm. Then he went ahead and just went with Trubisky, which that's a lot of money to be paying a backup now, so... I'm not sure how much faith if he necessarily wowed him with his arm in camp or anything like that. But yeah, that that's that's something major. I think Cohen is a, one of the main guys who could have uh, a bounce back chance this year. And then uh, the Lions, can, yeah, Kenny Galli is another big one because a lot of people in the betting world are looking at Ali Matthew Stafford had like a crazy year. Galladay and Marvin Jones uh, Jr. were one of the crazy, one, one of the best uh, duos in the NFL last year with him out for eight games. Yeah. 
So, and then a lot of people like him to even uh, have a chance at leading the NFL in passing yards this year. Yeah, Stafford's one of those guys, kind of like Matt Ryan, where I don't think that they get the level of respect they probably deserve for being really consistent performers in fantasy. Yeah, and especially because um, they're in, they're another group that DeAndre uh, Swift, the rookie running back, coming in is uh, dealing with an injury, and now they have Adrian mm-hmm. Adrian Peterson in the mix. So. That's a little weird how they're going to go about uh, distributing their carries in the backfield. Everyone knows uh, Stafford is going to air it out more than most of the, quarter, most of the quarterbacks uh, in the NFL. So definitely monitoring the health on that one. Absolutely. So looking at some um, players that we would start or set this week, um, I full disclosure, I am a Falcons fan, which is to say that I hate the Atlanta Falcons with all my heart. And, and that's the reason that I am keeping my eye on Russell Wilson this week. Um, the Falcons... They lost Desmond Trufant over the offseason, so they're starting guys with less experience in the secondary. And so Russell Wilson is a guy that I think could have a really big game on Sunday against Atlanta. And then Lamar Jackson. I mean, if you've got him on your roster, you're starting him. I feel like this is extremely obvious. But yeah, I, Lamar Jackson versus the Browns seems like a no-brainer to me. Yeah, for sure. And then for me, I'm looking at, uh, for stars, I'm looking at uh, Derek Carr against the Panthers. The Panthers are a team that went all defensive uh, in the draft this past year. Obviously, big loss by uh, losing Luke Keekley. So they're look they're looking at coming in against uh, maybe a Las Vegas team that's um, a little a little slept on just because it's just like who is who is going to be their top guy at wide receiver? When you look mm-hmm. at how they surprise everyone by getting rugs with as the first uh, wide receiver out of the draft class, and then you look at how many yards they were giving up through the air just last year and just like, you know, they're going to have to reestablish just defensive leadership uh, from the start, essentially. And, De- and Carr had a had a career year, and they have someone who they're very excited with and Brian Edwards, who's been climbing up uh, a lot of people's boards lately, who a lot of people thought even before uh, Tyrell Williams tore his labrum that he could start over him and like without even injury, so... Uh, definitely th- those are some guys who could have like some cheaper guys, but also uh, could definitely have like high ceilings. And then Drew Brees against um, the Buccaneers is, a, uh, is another one, obviously two quarter two quarterbacks who, have, uh, you know, they both have great wide receiving cores. Obviously Michael Thomas led the NFL in receptions and receiving yards. And you look at that and the Buccaneers have a great defensive line, but their secondary is subpar. So obviously you're going to look at him to throw the, to throw the ball out. And obviously people might be lower on him just because obviously he's getting up there in years now. And then also he lost, uh, he had, he has no again, they brought in uh, Sanders. So people are going to be looking to who the second guy to step up and uh, be behind, uh, be behind uh, Michael Thomas. Um, and then this week I would sit Baker Mayfield against the Ravens again, you know, going on the road um, to Baltimore, uh, it's the Browns. Yeah, I think that there's that's probably enough said there. And then last year, and obviously without any kind of preseason, all we have to work off of is teams' performances last year. Last year, the New England defense was really, really good. And so, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick on the road in New England, uh, he is a guy that I would probably avoid starting if I could this week. Yeah, for sure. And then you look at um, just how the Ravens might have gotten even better on their defensive line. Uh, this offseason, they already had a really well rounded team when you look at uh, their cornerbacks as well. Yeah, Fitzpatrick, I wouldn't I wouldn't bank on him uh, surprising us again. Obviously, uh, to um, top the Patriots from getting that first round by um, last year, I wouldn't I definitely wouldn't bank on it happening again. 
when you look at um, just who they're bringing back, defense, reigning defensive player of the year. And then they yeah. have a guy. They have a guy like uh, Kyle Duggar who really surprised everyone that they got early in the draft. Who he's one of those like utility guys, big like two twenty five playing safety. Who they're gonna use? They're gonna use him and line him up like maybe as like linebacker. They're gonna use him back. He has uh, a lot of speed, so definitely, yeah. That's that's definitely another good matchup to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And then uh, as far as my sits, I wanted to look at uh, Dwayne Haskins is definitely a big sit, which I don't know if anyone would be super high on him in the first place, just because <laughs> just just so just so much crazy stuff, especially going on uh, with their backfield depth. Losing uh, Adrian Peterson, they have McKissick number one. They have like McKissick number one on the um, on their depth chart now, and they have uh, Antonio Gibson, which there's they're mm-hmm. expecting to do like kind of a by committee approach. But I don't know if either one of those guys is going to produce against uh, like arguably an- another one of the best defensive lines in football. So it's going to be um, Haskins airing out against you know uh, t- against Eagles defense who struggled, but they made upgrades by getting Slay now. Uh, you brought Darius Slay in. You have can Terry McLaurin, can Terry mm-hmm. McLaurin and Haskins really uh, ball out against that team? I'm not confident in them. I don't think too many teams will. And then mm-hmm. also uh, Sam Darnold against the Bills. The Bills were a very, very good uh, defensive team last year who were just, you know, have very, very well-rounded team. And then he's looking at – they didn't necessarily get um, that star receiver who they – who a lot, of t- a lot of teams thought – a lot of people thought they would uh, kind of go after – and the, NF- and the NFL draft this year, and instead they chose to go ahead and sure up the offensive line. Uh, they brought in Frank Gore, whose career will probably never end, and he's like showing uh, more life in camp just alongside Le'Veon Bell. So I'm just, you know, so uh, unless you think Jamison, uh, Jamison Crowder or uh, Brashad Perriman, who has just super speed, is uh, going to blow up the Bills, I guess those guys. But those weren't those weren't people I would put a ton of confidence in. But you know who may who knows maybe Sam Donald takes a huge step forward uh, this year, but not a good matchup for him. No, and at least he doesn't have mono this year, so that's, yeah, that's an improvement. Yeah, um, at running back. This is a really interesting week of games. I think um, I don't. I, I did not expect to be recommending Todd Gurley as a start in week one, um, especially because I've got some concerns around the knee. I guess you know earlier in the season is better with that um, health issue, but Seattle was not terribly great against the run last year. And so I feel like Gurley is going to have some opportunities to make some plays. So I think that he's a good play and he's a guy who's, you know, not quite as expensive in DFS. So definitely somebody to consider there. Um, I personally would start Austin Eckler against almost any team um, pretty much. So I feel like that's kind of a no brainer, but yeah, against the Bengals, I think that Eckler is a great play. Josh Jacobs, like you've already mentioned, Luke Keekley retiring. We don't really know what this Panthers defense is going to look like yet, but I do like Josh Jacobs against the Panthers. And then this is the most obvious play ever, but yeah, play Christian McCaffrey against anybody. Um, he's, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I also had Eckler as one, as one of my top guys at running back when you look at uh, Melvin Melvin Gordon moving out. And he was almost like another form of Christian McCaffrey when you just look at what he was able to, not necessarily uh, the rushing uh, volume, but you just look at how many receptions he was getting out of the backfield and you take that away. And then a little bit of uncertainty with Terod Taylor and mm-hmm. uh, and Justin Herbert kind of struggling to uh, learn the offense. Do we think he's gonna? Do we think Taylor is gonna be able to make the most of guys like Will, like Williams, who's questionable, 
and uh, Keenan Allen Hunter, and Hunter Henry. Uh, I think that could definitely be a major storyline. When you have a guy who can, like, make those easy, like, dink and duck kind of passes out of the backfield, uh, mm-hmm. definitely Eckler does have the high upside. And then uh, Jacob's another guy who um, could take another step forward, who was already one of the more impressive running backs uh, last year. And they've been talking about how they want to get him more involved in the passing game now. So they could that could add another uh, another level uh, to his game this year for sure. The guys that I want to sit this week, um, Jordan Howard, I do not think that he has a good matchup against New England. Again, we're working off of last year's performance with that defense, but that New England defense was really stifling last year. And so I don't love that play. Same thing with the 49ers, Kenyon Drake. um, I just see that as a terrible matchup for him. So those are the two guys that I definitely would try to find somebody else to put into my lineup. Yeah, and then the two guys I'm looking at. Oh well, before I get to the sitting, I'm gonna go. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is a guy who I think could have a, a big week as a starter, even though mm-hmm. he's coming um, behind Marlon Mack. He's been getting uh, rave reviews in Indianapolis, and he and he's a guy. Um, his odds to um, win the rushing title are like plus five thousand. He's one of the favorites among the public to to win it and kind of like mm-hmm. take that starting job. So he's he's more he's more expensive than um, Marlon Mack uh, in DFS and just uh, just when you look at like a power runner who's just built who's built like him, I wouldn't be surprised if he overtook uh, Marlon Mack in that matchup. And then obviously Jaguars had a major down a major downgrade on their defensive line trading away Yannick. So yes, uh, definitely he could he could definitely take over. And then as far as my sits, I'd go for uh, Leonard Fournette against the Saints. The Saints have a great defensive line. He hasn't mm-hmm. really had much time to uh, learn the si- to learn the system there, so I wouldn't expect him to have uh, really a major role early on. And then mm-hmm. I look at uh, Jaguars running back uh, James Robinson uh, as also a sit, which obviously he's not like going to be one of those top tier guys that you want to look at, but just the garbage fire that is the Jaguars backfield right now <laughs> after waving uh, waving Fournette and then and then Armstead is back on the COVID list. Raquel Armstead is back on the COVID mm-hmm. list for his second time. So uh, he's, uh, he's as uh running back one, but I still just look at, just looking at, I think they'd focus more on um, kind of Gardner Minshew and throwing the ball with guys like uh, DJ Chark and they have an exciting guy in LaVisca Chanel who's coming uh, into his rookie year. Who's also a utility guy. Um, well, he's shown that he can uh, definitely be that feature back that has a lot of carries, but I don't know if they lean on him that heavily uh, in week one. And it's going to be really interesting. I do think that it's kind of funny that your sits are, you know, the former uh, starting running back for the Jaguars and then the <laughs> current Jags running back. Yeah. The Jags, bless their hearts. Uh, what a mess <laughs> they, they are going into the season. Going on to wide receiver, especially if you play in a PPR league, uh, I hope that you had a chance to grab Michael Thomas because he, like Amir already said, led the league in receptions. Um yeah, I think that he's going to get a lot of looks against Tampa Bay. And so he would be my top priority uh, if you're able to get him or if you've got him already in a season long league. Um, I think that he is worth the spend in DFS. And I think that he is uh, he's going to be a must play every single week. But um, yeah, I think that especially this week, I expect him to have a good game. And then again, um, going back to the Falcons Seahawks matchup, I think that DK Metcalf is a great play this week. He's a he's a less expensive receiver uh, if you're looking at DFS but in season long you know he's a guy who 
might even still be available on the waiver wire in some leagues, smaller leagues. And um, going up against the Atlanta secondary, I really think that he is going to have a big day. So that's a guy that I definitely already put him in my DFS lineups for this week. Yeah, and then two guys I want to touch on. The, well, the one I touched on earlier was Brian Edwards. He's a, a little more, a little more of a wild card as the uh, from the pro level, but they're they're really high on him. Uh, Derek Carr has uh, spoken about just how much confidence he's been able to establish just with him in such a limited time. So he's someone I think uh, definitely could surge up and have a high ceiling, be one of the top performers. But then there's also uh, Devontae Adams. When you look at the thin receiving core that the Packers have. They didn't go out and get that receiver um, that Aaron Rodgers wanted in in the draft and said they opted to go to the backup quarterback and get Jordan Love. And they're kind of they're they're just banking on um, Alan Lazard taking a big step forward and being that wide receiver wide receiver two. Uh, their tight end situation is shaky. And when you look at um, Aaron Aaron Jones was uh, second in targets on that team last year, just out of the backfield. So that just shows. It's just even more of an opportunity for Adams to just get just an absurd amount of targets and just continue. And you know what kind of monster games he can put to, especially with how they like to uh, stretch the field. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the guys that I would try to avoid this week, uh, A.J. Green versus the Chargers. Um, you know, A.J. Green is such a talented player and his injuries have really slowed him down. I still think I'm excited to see what he does this year with Joe Burrow. Uh, yeah, I think that it's going to be a really, a really fun year to watch Burrow develop. He's a he's a really fun player to watch. But um, I just don't like the matchup against the Chargers. I think that it's a tough matchup, and especially in Burrow's first outing as a rookie without any preseason. I think that you know there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve there, and 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 a big adjustment to the speed of the game that rookies this year didn't get to work through in training camp. So that's one of the reasons that I just I would probably steer clear of um of Cincinnati receivers this week in general and then Brashad Perriman against the Bills it's just a tough matchup so those are the two guys that I would definitely try to avoid if I could yeah and then another thing you have to look at is you talked about um like not really being able to work through it in camp but then also um you know with no preseason and not being able to get real like game like you know game time experience yeah and uh just just full speed. So definitely he's, he's like the only rookie quarterback who would really be worth, worth starting early on. But even then when you look at uh, just the, just the defense and they had how they had one of the most talented secondaries in the, in the NFL, it's not looking great. Um, definitely, definitely for them, but they do have some, some up and coming guys to look at. Like uh, uh, Alden Tate was a guy who, mm-hmm. who got some good reviews come, who coming up and emerged and kind of was able to take advantage of uh, John Ross and T Higgins dealing with some injuries. So if you're not as uh, looking at like AJ, like AJ Green, have maybe like one of those, maybe one of those like reserves guys or like a Tyler Boyd who had his first thousand yard season yeah. or uh, something like that. But yeah, I, do, I wouldn't be uh, crazy high on a team, you know, uh, that just, as the Chargers, just one of the best pass defenses in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then uh, uh, I just want to move mm-hmm. over really quick and go uh, to the, to my sit, to my sits that I had, which were uh, Stefan Diggs, um, going going up against the Jets, um, they want the Bills definitely want to um, get a bit, you know, upgrade their receiving core and give themselves uh, more weapons for Josh Allen. But I'm really not sold on Allen as far as being able to stretch the field. I still mm-hmm. personally, I think as among starting quarterback, I think he's like the worst deep passer in the NFL, and I don't, I don't, I really don't think he's uh, going to be able to make full use of him. 
And then he's also, uh, yeah, I mean, he has said he wants to run the ball less, uh, which obviously lowers his uh, fantasy football upside because when you look at <laughs> him running for nine touchdowns, that offsets just how many passes he airmails. So, <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, that, that, I don't think Stefan Diggs, uh, I think he can have some big games, but early on, even, even against the Jets who aren't a great defense, I don't think you want to, uh, bet the house on him. And then another one is, um, Allen Robinson, even though, which, you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of him personally, but I wouldn't be surprised, um, if he had a big game, just given, um, the line, just given how the Lions have played like in the past against past defense. But again, with that shaky quarterback uh, situation in Chicago, and then you look at the line, the Lions bringing in the um, top-ranked cornerback in the draft class. Yeah. I, don't, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily think he's gonna lock like lock him down his first game. But also, mm-hmm. you know, there's just an air of uncertainty. I think in the quarterback room, and I don't think it's something you want to bank on early on week one, especially in just such a weird situation. Yeah. And I mean, we've all seen Trubisky play unless he's taken a massive step forward this off season, which it's been a very weird office off season to be able to do that. Um, Yeah. I don't, I wouldn't feel comfortable really with any Chicago receivers. Yeah. Which Um, I think I would feel more comfortable with the running backs. Yeah. And had he taken a big step forward, I feel like we would have heard something about it. I feel like it was yeah. more, it was more <laughs> of a, Oh, I guess I'll go with this guy. He's, he, I mean, we, we have, we have two options we could pick. I'll go with the lesser of two evils for now. Yeah. I do. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be really interesting. Um, at tight end, I, I'm actually pretty excited about this, um, this tight end group this year. I think there are some really exciting players to keep an eye on. Greg Kittle, obviously, is at the top of the list. Um, and so Greg Kittle, I would definitely start him against Arizona. Um, and then going back to the Falcons again, a team that I hate and I don't usually recommend their players because they break my heart in real life and in fantasy on a constant basis. But Hayden Hurst, I'm a little apprehensive just because he was added this off season. And again, I haven't really gotten to see him in action because of the lack of preseason, but we know what Matt Ryan's connection with Austin Hooper looked like. Um, Matt Ryan is very comfortable going to a tight end, obviously having Tony Gonzalez for a few years, I think really helped him develop that comfort level. And I'm excited about Hurst versus the Seahawks just because the Seahawks had a hard time containing tight ends last year. I think it's a really good matchup and I think that, you know, Hayden Hurst is somebody in DFS leagues, he's going to be a cheaper option and somebody that you can fill in and should be able to put up some decent numbers for you. Uh, for the start, the guy I'm looking at to start is uh, under the radar guy on, on DFS. I look at uh, Irv Smith coming out and taking a step forward with the kind of the regression of Rudolph over there. They definitely they've been experimenting with kind of using his athleticism and splitting him out wide. So maybe not necessarily being in um, a more traditional uh, tight end role. But definitely he's a guy who could like have that big sophomore season. And then um, my sits, I would not play um, Mercedes Lewis against um, the Vikings. I I would not. And then Austin Hooper, a player that I do love. I just think that Baltimore is too tough of a matchup. And again, you know, he's on a new team. Um, Baker Mayfield has been prone to mistakes. I don't think that a, a seat, that an offseason without preseason games is going to do him any favors. And so, you know, Austin Hooper is one that I'd probably pump the brakes on at least for a couple of weeks, just until we get to the point where we know what his chemistry with Baker Mayfield looks like. Hooper certainly can be 
a, a great fantasy play. He's very talented. He's a very good receiver. But I just am not going to be really comfortable with him in any lineup until we get a couple of weeks into the season and, and have a better understanding of how he's fitting in in yeah. Cleveland. And I'm right there with you on Hooper. Just And also you have to look at you look at the just the ridiculous amount of targets that just between Landry and Odell. And then you mm-hmm. also have to um, add in Kareem Hunt's not going to miss half the year being suspended from the start of this year. So he's yeah. another, he's another guy. And he was, he was toward the top in targets after, after missing half the year. And he really, uh, he's, he's far off from uh, the two starting wideouts, but he was, he was past like most of the receivers, even only playing half the season. So he's definitely going to get a lot more incorporated in the offense which I know Hooper is a guy who just like to have as many options as possible, but I just mm-hmm. don't think necessarily think they would make him a priority in that offense, especially when they run the ball as well as they do with um, Chubb already. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And then looking at some defense and special teams options, um, you know, I would go with the Bills against the Jets. I think that the Bills are going to be able to force the Jets into some mistakes and turnovers. Same thing with with the Colts and the Jaguars. Um, I think that, you know, the Colts should be able to – I like Gardner Minshew. I think he's, you know, a really fun personality. So – I just think that, um, and again, like, I think we're going to see sloppy play this week. And so from teams that tend to be sloppy on a good day <laughs> and make mistakes, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think that the Colts will be able to force enough errors to put up some decent numbers this week. And then I'm going to go back to that um, Patriot to that uh, Patriots-Dolphins matchup. The Patriots, obviously, one of the most dominant defenses in the NFL last, last year. The Dolphins, I don't think necessarily uh, got better. They're, they're going to have... Uh, Fitzpat- they're going to have Fitzpatrick still. Um, the running back situation didn't really improve. There's uh, Devontae Parker and Gusecki maybe to look forward to. But, uh, uh, yeah, just aside from that, just really sturdy all around. And then also that uh, Philadelphia Eagles um, at Washington, just their defensive their defensive line and then just the um, – well, they, they have depth. They have depth at, uh, for Washington, but maybe just not that element of what reliability that you like to see. If you're looking at Washington being a one-dimensional team and depending on everything uh, through the air, then, you know, I think that plays in the hands of Philadelphia. 
Mm -hmm. And then the teams that I would avoid playing this week. And again, you know, I don't mean to, uh, I I don't mean to be redundant, but do not play the Falcons defense against the Seahawks. You know, this is a team that has failed to get any kind of pressure on opposing quarterbacks for the past several years. Um, we've got two, they've got too many shakeups in the secondary right now with Trufant gone. I think that Russell Wilson is going to have a field day against them. And I just would avoid the Falcons at all costs. And then the Browns, um, I would probably try to avoid starting the Browns defense against the Ravens in any situation, but especially not having seen them in the preseason. You know, the Browns have some talent on that side of the ball, but Lamar Jackson is just so good. And so, and especially being on the road, I mean, I guess that that's less of a factor without crowd noise, et cetera. But I just think that that Ravens offense is such a tough matchup for anybody. And so I would not play the Browns this week. Yeah, and then definitely those Ra- the Ravens coming off the historic year they had breaking the single season rushing record, and then they might even be more dynamic this year now that they have uh, J.K. Dobbins in the mix, who kind of excel who excels in that zone read that Lamar like Lamar Jackson had uh, loved to run, and you put him along, you know, put him along with Mark Ingram, and then you have uh, Marquise Brown coming in, who I think can also uh, take a step forward. Which it's ridiculous that he was playing. He's playing. He's playing at 157, 157 pounds last year, and he put on he put on some muscle coming into this year, and he thinks he can uh, kind of maintain that speed. I'd have to go back and look at whatever he put up in week one. He put up some some ridiculous numbers in in uh, week one, which you know I think I think he could uh, also show out. With given, it's not like uh, Baltimore necessarily made major improvements uh, in the wide receiving cores. I think he can continue to uh, be that guy out wide, even with uh, Mark Andrews mm-hmm. holding it down at tight end. Absolutely. And then looking at some specific plays for DFS, um, who are you looking to spend, you know, what are the, who are the big ticket players that you're keeping your eye on this week? Uh, big ticket guy, Chris, Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey is definitely that that's like an easy one that everyone will be on. Even if he is, he's really, he's really highly priced at 10,000 uh, on mm-hmm. DraftKings. But also just like he just he does he does so much. He does so much in that offense. Just like you just know, regard regardless of whatever their game plan is, you know he's gonna be involved. You know he's gonna be taking as many carries as he can out of the backfield, you know he's gonna be all in passes. So yeah, he's he's definitely enough, a really good guy to, to have a look at. And then mm-hmm. I just wanna check the price really what it's at off the top of my head. But um C D C D Lamb is mm-hmm. another one um working working uh out of the slot they want to use them they want to use them in as many as many ways as he as they can uh in in dallas despite him coming um behind michael gallup and amari and amari cooper but yeah he's he's definitely going to be another guy that i would uh take a look at this week i couldn't really i couldn't pull up his uh his pricing on there but i know he's um under 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 five under five thousand. I want to say in that like lower four thousand range on draft. Oh and, wow! On draft so, on DraftKings. So definitely he's a guy who they will play. They'll play him on the outside. They'll play him in the slot. They're even like giving him handoffs on like end rounds and things like that. So he's uh, definitely another guy if you want looking at maybe a little less obvious and save some salary. Yeah, definitely. Um, I really think that this week, uh, and I actually, I, I have Russell Wilson in my lineup already. Um, I think that, you know, at 7,000, he's not cheap, 
but he, I think, is worth that money, especially this week. Um, I agree about McCaffrey, but if you want a little bit of a cheaper option, I think Ezekiel Elliott has a really good matchup against the Rams. He's $8,000 this week, so I think that he's a good play. Lamar Jackson at 8100 that's a good investment, in my opinion. And then um, I really like Michael Thomas against the Bucks this week. Uh, yeah. $9,000, I think, is actually pretty reasonable for somebody who is going to get a lot of targets and make a lot of catches and get a lot of points. Um, I, for some of the bargains, I really like Cam Newton against Miami. I'm very excited about Cam Newton and fantasy this year. He's had time to get fully healthy. I think Bill Belichick, we all know, and I resent it greatly, but he's a genius. He's very yeah. good at putting his players in a position to succeed. So Cam Newton, especially with his ability to make plays with his legs too, I think that he is a great value at $6,100 this week. Philip Rivers, you know, he's got a tendency to throw some picks here and there, but he also airs it out. I mean, he he puts up fantasy points. And so at $6,000, I think that he is a really inexpensive play. And I want to keep an eye on David Montgomery's injury in Chicago because it's possible he'll be able to play and that might shake things up. But if he's not able to go, I do think that Tariq Cohen is somebody to consider. Like we've discussed already, the uncertainty at the quarterback position, I think that they're going to have to rely on the ground game. And so I think that he's a good play. Um, and yeah, again, DK Metcalf against the Falcons, I think that he is going to eat Isaiah Oliver alive. And so at $5,800, I think that he is a really, really Really smart value play this week. Yeah. And then just going off what you were talking about uh, when it comes to Newton, I, he's definitely been able to be really productive without having an amazing receiving core. Yeah. Um, which obviously the obviously the Patriots don't have, and that's a big reason why, you know, Brady wanted some more top-notch guys. The whole Antonio Brown thing went crazy mm -hmm. and didn't work out. But um, one, one thing that they do have is um, a pass catching back out of the backfield and James White, who isn't necessarily like, Christian McCaffrey type, but obviously uh, a lot of uh, in recent years, he's been up there as far as just total targets and that, and having that and having that just escape outlet that uh, Cam can use. So uh, I definitely like that as well. Me too. And I do just want to mention um, for all of our listeners, we would love to have you join our DFS league on DraftKings. Um, you can search for it. It's under SB Nation's Football Cheat Sheets DFS League. <laughs> That's the name of it. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Gina Thomas. It's J-E-A-N-N-A -N -N -A Thomas. And I will tweet out the link after the show drops. So you can just go right there, sign up. The league that I've set up for this week, we've got space for 50 people. It's a $5 buy-in, the top five payout. And it's just the standard lineup. So with a $50,000 salary cap, so you can take our advice here or, you know, make your own plays, figure out your own sleepers, your own fades and all that stuff. And uh, we'd love to have you join us. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Hopefully we get um, enough of you guys in that league and as the get, get that to keep growing as the season uh, goes through. And um, I, I will say like, I'm pretty good at DFS, but Amir is a genius at DFS. So um, I'm going to be trying very hard to beat him. And, you know, I hope that you will join us and, and also do your best. So yeah, I won't take too much credit, though. I'm coming out of soccer and basketball mode. I'm trying to get back into the NFL <laughs> grind now. I feel like it's going to be uh, such a weird year, just like starting off because we don't uh, necessarily know just how just fan like fans not being at games for and some venues, how that mm -hmm. affects them and kind of just having to just jump in, not necessarily cold, but without preseason or necessarily like a kind of buildup. But yeah, it's definitely going to be um, interesting to see if strategy changes anyway and just see what kind of trends 
just rise about in this new season. It really will. And it's going to be interesting, too, I think, to see the impact that this different preseason period without games and then the lack of fans and stadiums is going to have on um, on betting. I mean, I think that it really could have a big impact. You know, you mentioned as we were preparing for the show that that's something that, you know, you automatically spot the home team you know, plus three typically. And um, that's, it's going to be very different this year. So I do want to get into some of the lines. I'm a novice better. And so Amir, I'm going to hand it to you and you can explain this to me like I'm five. <laughs> Two games that I do want to uh, just hi- just highlight, um, just, mo- just money line bets or uh, the Green Bay Packers at uh, Minnesota and Tampa Bay Buccaneers at uh, the New Orleans Saints for week one. When you just look at, um, you went over how typically the home the home team it gives you somewhere two and a half to three points. So especially early on, um, while these teams, well, both both these teams will have zero fans at their season opener. Uh, that could uh, definitely swing it uh, toward and make a game a little bit closer for the road team uh, in this situation. So when you look at teams like the the Minnesota Vikings, obviously passed up on um, Diggs. And they um, they brought in a guy, a rookie who they thought was gonna 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 start. Lost out, lost out to BC. Um, so now it's uh, that down um, definitely. If they have a guy like Thielen and uh, Dalvin Cook, who's uh, coming off uh, trying to get his new contract, which which fell through. So maybe necessarily he's not maybe he's not as up to speed uh, mm-hmm. as he as he'd like to be. Versus you know the green the Green Bay Packers, regardless of uh, how short they might be at wide receiver, they still have a chance to beat any team if you look at the receiving core they took within one win of a Super Bowl last year. So yeah. I definitely think they're one, especially with the Vikings losing uh depth and at the defensive backs as well. Even if they throw the ball to Devontae Adams like thirty like thirty times and then give give the rest of the touches to uh Aaron Jones, I think they can definitely win in, on the road in at least hostile environment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I think especially, you know, considering Aaron Rodgers never underestimate the chip on his shoulder. And so drafting love, I think probably didn't make him uh, (laughs) too comfortable. And so I think that he's going to come out just slinging it this year. I think that he is going to be definitely um, have a fire lit under him to prove that he should be the guy going, you know, for for the foreseeable future. I don't think he's anywhere near done with his career. I do think that the um, the Bucks and Saints game is very interesting in the context of not having fans in the stadium because the Mercedes-Benz Superdome is such a difficult place to play because it is so loud. Um, And so I really think that that could have a negative impact on the Saints. As a Falcons fan, I certainly hope so. Um, But yeah, I still think that they beat the Buccaneers. I just think that it might be a big adjustment for that team. Yeah, the the Saints are the Saints are favorite Tampa and uh, Tampa Bay is behind at the money money line uh, plus 148. But definitely, mm-hmm. even even just like just like one bounce, if it's like closer than expected, just with that limited noise, could uh, turn in the other direction. So those are the two underdogs, uh, not not major underdogs, but just uh, given circumstance, I think uh, could have like a little a little bit better of a chance of getting an upset week one. Absolutely. And then if I were looking for just a like a straight up like betting on a team to win, I think the team that I would take this week is the Colts over the Jaguars. I just 
the Jags, I don't know what they're doing. Uh, they're just kind of a mess right now. And um, they're on the road against Indianapolis. Again, we don't know what impact that's going to have this year without uh, fans and stadiums. But I really think that the Colts will take care of that one pretty handily. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely one of the one of the um, strong one of the stronger bets you can make when you just look at it's clear. It's clear they're rebuilding uh, at this point. It just looks like tank for Trevor mode as far as uh, Jaguars go. So, <laughs> And uh, well, folks, that's our show for today. Uh, we hope that you will follow along as we continue to bring you fantasy and DFS and gambling updates throughout the season. You can find me on Twitter, like I said, at Gina Thomas and go there and look for the link to our DFS league. We hope that you'll join us. Yep. Thank you. And you can find me on Twitter at it's underscore a miracle. And that's all I have to say. I just had to throw my plug in there really quick. Yeah, of course. Amir has the best Twitter handle in the world. So um, (laughs) I'm glad that you shared it. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you next time.